As we continue on Opportunity Detroit, happy to welcome in a lecturer at the Ross School of Business. If you listen to my morning show, you heard me uh, gushing all over with pride that our Sophia Marie Smith, my little girl Sophie, who just turned 18, has been accepted at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and into the Ross School of Business. So when I found that our guest today is a lecturer at the Ross School of Business, where he leads a capstone program where organizations engage a team of undergrad student consultants to advise on a pressing strategic issue. He's also the faculty director of the Detroit Neighborhood Entrepreneurs Projects plus Impact Studio for Local Business, where student interns help Detroit-based small businesses implement projects related to digital marketing, e-commerce, procurement, customer relationships, and access to capital. And he is also a real estate investor who has renovated and sold a dozen houses in the Detroit market. And he is the lead author of Good Deeds, an analysis of the Rehabbed and Ready program, which was just published this past week or so. Lead author of Good Deeds and University of Michigan lecturer at the Ross School, Chris Muller, or is it Chris Mueller? It is Chris Mueller. Thank you, Paul. And congratulations to Sophie. I hope to uh, have the privilege of having her in some of my courses in the years to come. I will tell her to look you up, Chris Mueller. I will do that <laughs> indeed. So this is all good news. We're hearing so many great things about Rehabbed and Ready. Uh, and uh, from your uh, perspective, which is very special because you've done it, you've rehabbed, you've sold a dozen rehabbed houses in the city of Detroit. Give us your story. Tell me about yourself and your background. Well, um, I, uh, I graduated from the University of Michigan with an MBA and a dual degree in public policy and have been really interested at this intersection of how, uh, how markets work and how markets can work um, to support our society and what happens when those markets fail and uh, the impact that that has on the society. And so how we balance market-driven interventions and when we need uh, when we need interventions to help get the market moving again. And so after I graduated, I did uh, a series of consulting, um, largely around entrepreneurship and those kinds of um, innovation-driven um, opportunities within the nonprofit sector, within the social sector. And that led me into the opportunity to eventually start a social enterprise that you just described, trying to work on um, work on concentrated investments into neighborhoods in renovating houses that would help reestablish markets in those neighborhoods. Um, and all that in conjunction with being able to teach at U of M led me to the opportunity to, to write the study about what Rehabbed and Ready has been doing uh, and, and try to share the, the good news that came out of the report. You know, I, I don't, maybe people, many younger people don't, Understand when I say Catch-22. That film was a long time ago. Uh, that book was a long time ago. You do understand. It was even, right? was even er earlier than that, yes. All right. <laughs> well, yes, earlier than that. But it's been kind of a Catch-22 in the city of Detroit, The kind of the problem with Detroit's residential real estate market. And you talk about it in Chapter 1. Uh, it, the inability to appraise the value of move-in-ready homes has crippled the mortgage market. They need comps it's pretty pretty right. definite they need comparisons and there haven't been any comps or comparisons available in the city of detroit for a long time right 
Right. Yeah. So basic basic market, uh, what an efficient market means is when there are buyers competing for something. So if we go to Eastern market, we can determine that a fair price for a pizza is maybe $14 because there's lots of people available who are willing to pay $14 for that pizza. And if they're not, then they'll go a few stalls down and they'll buy one for $12 and it'll establish that's the price. But in, uh, in the mortgage market, banks determine what the value of a house is that they're willing to give a loan towards by comparing it to other houses, similar houses in the neighborhood. And what the study shows is we took a look at the Bagley neighborhood. And in 2005, if you wanted to buy a three bedroom, one and a half bathroom colonial house, there were plenty of comparables that it sold in kind of the 120, $130,000, $140,000 range. And so it was relatively easy to establish that something in the price range would be fair market value for that home. Banks would be willing to give a mortgage, all is good. Uh, a few years later, 2008, what we saw is there were still a couple of those fully renovated move-in ready houses selling in kind of the 120, 130 range, but there were also, uh, we're starting to see a lot more houses that start to hit the market selling in kind of the 15 to $20,000 range. And that's that flood of foreclosures that we've heard so much about and uh, that story that we're familiar with. But by 2010, there are no fully renovated houses on the market. There are only distressed houses sold on the market, all bought with cash. And so there is no comparable for a bank to understand how to value a fully renovated move-in ready house. And we see the collapse of the mortgage market. And the significance of that is because it pulls most of us can afford to buy a pizza with the cash that we have on hand. Most of us cannot afford to buy a house with what we have in our savings accounts. We're right. dependent upon having banks being willing to give loans in order for there to be competition for those houses. So when the mortgage industry collapses, it pulls all the buyers out of the market. And what that meant is that not only did Detroit have an influx of foreclosures like we saw throughout the country, but we also saw the buyers get pulled out of the market. So even when the foreclosures make their way through the market and, and that supply of distressed houses stabilizes, we still have a demand problem because without the presence of mortgage-backed buyers, there's no competition for houses. And so the prices in Detroit to your catch-22 have stayed low longer and the recovery has been slower because we had to be able to restart the mortgage engine and do that by rebuilding comparable sales comps of fully renovated houses. And this is why, uh, Chris, that, that, that it seems at least that Detroit has taken longer to recover than other cities? It, it is, uh, because everywhere else we had... A, supp a supply issue, a supply of foreclosed houses. But within a year or two, those largely moved their way through the market. And in other cities where we saw a decline in values of maybe 10 or 15%, within a couple of years that had stabilized and recovered. But here in Detroit, because the demand issue of buyers being able to find access to mortgages and banks having confidence to lend um, in, in Detroit's neighborhoods, um, that's that's what's kept the prices lower. 
Chris Mueller, for an extended period of time. Chris Mueller is lead author of Good Deeds, an analysis of the Rehabbed and Ready program for Detroit. I said by way of introduction that you were a real estate investor who has renovated and sold a dozen houses in the Detroit market. I would presume you continue to do that, and it's still a good business. Well, it's been a challenging it's been a challenging business, frankly, uh, because of all the reasons that the the issue the um, you might fix up a house. And you might p- fix up a house very nicely and make it a good opportunity for someone, but you're still not going to get uh, a quick uh, approval on a mortgage it's, because of this problem. Well, it's it, you know for in, for private investors like me, maybe maybe with this to to tell the story, it's really hard to make a profit because uh, because of the limited number of mortgages and the limited number number of mortgage-backed buyers, the buyers really have all the power in Detroit, not the sellers. So what what Rehab and Ready has done to address that is that the land bank is fixing up, is doing the job that private investors can't can't really do. They're fixing up fully renovated houses, um, often spending in excess of $100,000 into the renovation, and then selling the house at a loss. And I, as a private investor, can't afford to do Obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. But they, they can, the land bank can, because uh, the Rocket Community Fund has agreed to back fund any loss. So what a private investor can't do, the Rehabbed and Ready can do, is renovate houses, do them strategically in clusters, and know that they're likely to take a loss in the process. But by doing that and having the philanthropic funding to do so, they create a cluster of these comparable sales of fully renovated houses that gradually establish what the value of a fully renovated move-in house is in the neighborhood. And when you get maybe six or eight of those comparables in a neighborhood, well, now other private investors like myself and other companies would, might be willing to now start investing into that neighborhood and now building more and more of those comparable uh, move-in ready houses. And as that happens, now banks start to see, okay, now we can identify what a fair market value is for the, these houses, and they start lending. And now we've got, we've reversed what was once a vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle where one house sale starts to build on the next, starts to build on the next. And as we establish those market values, it ends up uncapping the values for all the residents in that neighborhood who have been living there taking care of their homes but not being able to benefit from the equity of those homes. So now not only are houses buying and selling, but if somebody wants to take out a home equity line of credit to help do a a renovation or to refinance their homes so that they can um, do whatever they want to do with that refinancing to manage their their personal finances or to make investments in something, um, they have the ability to do that because the banks can now establish what the values are within the neighborhood again. Great explanation of Rehabbed and Ready. We appreciate it. And after all, it's from the guy who is the lead author of the book, Good Deeds, an analysis of the Rehabbed and Ready program. That book readily available everywhere? So it's, it's, it's actually it's a, it's a case study. It is available through um, the Rocket Community Fund website, uh, and why don't I make sure, since I don't have a URL handy, why don't I make sure I send that to you immediately afterwards so that listeners of the podcast can uh, can follow up with the link. We'll, uh, we'll get that out there as quickly as we can. We appreciate uh, 
your efforts. We'll have uh, young Sophie look you up at the Ross School of Business. And uh, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you, Chris. Right. Thanks, Paul. All right. Have Chris Mueller. Thank you. Chris Mueller, lead author of Good Deeds, University of Michigan uh, at the Ross School of Business and also on the front line as a real estate investor in the city of Detroit and the things that you will face if that's what you would like to do. And eventually we need that, of course, to turn things around. There's a lot going on here and we've got it for you on Opportunity Detroit.